This is Stacey Hillier, and you are listening to the Prophetic Collective Podcast. Well, welcome everybody to another interview where we focus on all things prophetic. And today we are so honoured and so privileged to have with us Prophet Haley Braun, all the way from Reading in California, from Bethel Church. Welcome, Haley. It's so good to be with you. Thanks for having me. I am deeply honoured to be sitting here with you. I want to tell everybody a little bit about you first, and you can add to it if you want to. But Haley is on the senior leadership team of Bethel Church in Reading, California, and is an overseer in Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. She was born and raised in Port Elizabeth, South Africa. And Haley moved to Reading in 2008, where she met her husband, Ryan. Growing up in the church, Haley discovered her passion early on for the bride of Christ. She has a deep desire to see the people of God walk in true freedom, having a life liberated by the gospel in deep intimacy with the Lord. You'll see that come through as she speaks today. And Haley and her family burn for revival and to see the nations encounter God in a real and transformational way. Haley spent over 10 years leading in BSSM, has pioneered the online program and now oversees the third year department. Haley and Ryan have three children. Tell us about your three children. Yes, I've got three. I've got uh, two sons and a daughter in the middle. Yes. And uh, my, my oldest is eight, my middle is five and a half, and then my youngest is two and a half. So oh. little guys running around. That's so um, lovely. But it's wonderful, yeah. yeah. I, I love them. I miss them when I travel. But, I bet you do. Yeah, they're having fun with dad. And <laughs> my, my parents actually fly in from South Africa in just a couple of days to go be with them while, while I'm here in Oz. So. Oh, that's so wonderful. Well, we really are very deeply honoured to have you here with us today and I'm looking forward to what you're going to share from your heart. So I'm going to start with just a little small question because I've seen you share on this before and it was just so powerful. Mm. I know that a number of years ago now you had a very marking and powerful encounter with the Lord that changed you. I wondered if you could share with us today what that was like and what changed for you. Yeah, uh, even just as you ask the question, I feel a little bit emotional, which I never quite know when that's going to hit me, but I guess it's right up front (laughs) in the interview. Um, Yeah, three and a half years ago, I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit uh, in January of 2020. Mm -hmm. Uh, A few months before that, Michael Koulianos, he's a minister in America, in Florida, he prophesied over me. He called me out in a meeting. He said, Haley Braun, where are you, prophet? Your face just flashed before my eyes. I'll never forget, I was kind of hiding on the fourth or fifth row. Uh, in fact, that night, it was like, I just put my kids to bed. I really needed to wash my hair, but I wanted to go to the, I wanted to be in the room where Michael was ministering. So I put a beanie on my head and I thought, God, you better not hit me today because if this beanie comes off, you know, uh, but I, uh, I, I, I did get touched by the Lord that day. And he said, the fear of man needs to die in your life. And um, I remember lying on the floor uh, in the presence of God, saying, God, this will be a miracle because I've tried to step over every chicken line. I've tried to p- push forward in passion for you. But the voice of the fear of man was so loud in my life um, and really taking a role of influencing my decisions. And even, even if I was stepping out for the Lord, I was always kind of feeling the tension of the sacrifice of my dignity. And um I said, this will be the miracle. And I remember Chris Vallotton, I've been in our environment now for 15 years, but he would say that when a prophetic word is released, grace is released. Mm-hmm. I said, Lord, if, if this is a prophetic word, then I'm going to receive grace from you. And so I, uh, the Lord said, well, to step into that grace, you'll have to give me your shield of the fear of man. And I said, well, then, Lord, will you be my shield? 
And in Psalm you, hear David, Psalms, you hear David talking about God being his shield. Abraham says, you are my shield and my great reward. Mm-hmm. And um, so honestly, for the next few months was stewarding every day in moments where I felt like I wanted to pick up that kind of shield again. Mm-hmm. The Lord just uh, just saying to the Lord, God, I give you my shield of the fear of man. Will yes. you be my shield? And um, January of 2020 was January 14th. I'll never forget the day. It was like a ordinary day in my life. And I was about to leave uh, our school. It's a long story, our school of ministry room though. We had just done a day of revival history with Bill Johnson and there were all these different revival artifacts around the room. And I'd just taken a big risk in the room and nothing had happened. And so I was like, okay, well, I guess that's it for the day. And I was about to go get my bag to leave, to go home. And the Lord uh, speaks to my heart and he says to lay hands um, on the first person walking up to go look at a chair from the Welsh Revival. Just just people are, you know, packing mm. chairs. Nothing, nothing ceremonial or spiritual wow. happening. And I knew immediately I had to grab their face. Wow. And I've been for the last three months choosing to not stand behind the shield of the fear of man, mm-hmm. but to be obedient to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember reaching forward to grab this person's face. And as I did, um, sorry, the power of God hit me from the top of my head. And I remember shooting through my body down to my feet and out of my hands. And before I could even touch this person, the power of God hits them and they go flying back. And in that moment, I remember turning around to my third year and saying, hey, please uh, text my husband and tell him, I don't know when I'm going to be home. Then I had, at that point, I had two small children. And um, for the next three hours, my mind went completely clear and all I could hear was the thoughts of God. And I uh, would follow his leading around the room. I lost complete track of time. Wow. And um, kind of came to about three hours later with about 200 people laid out under the power of God. And I was being held up by two of my, my friends that were leaders in the school. I had sweat through all of my clothing because of the amount of fire that had wow. been going through my body. and. Um, Long story short, really long story short, this went on for six weeks where I just violently shook under the power of God. My husband would wake up to me in my sleep crying out for a baptism of fire. And, you know, the the prophecy was that the fear of man was going to die in my life. And I thought that that would look like uh, just simply being freed from the bombarding thoughts of the enemy. But really it was through the presence of God like through his availability. It was really, I fell in love with the Holy Spirit as I began to realize I'd been crying out for God to fill a room when all along he wanted to fill me and through his availability to me, that that's where I become free. It wasn't um, by the Lord attacking an area of my life. It was actually by my welcoming of his presence to fully invade me, Mm -hmm. that it displaced this voice that had been trying to shut me down for, I think my whole life, if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that encounter changed my life. I think a lot of people, when the the shaking stopped after six weeks, I think people thought that was the end, but really that was just the beginning. It was, I tasted the fruit of the power of God, but at the core of fruit is seed. Yes. And I think a lot of people see encounters or prophetic words or moments with God. They enjoy the moment. But I think we sometimes miss that at the core of that moment is seed. Mm -hmm. That if we can steward it and plant it in our lives, that encounter that we receive can become a life lived Mm -hmm. in that reality. Mm -hmm. 
And for the last three years, I think I have been stewarding and navigating that experience, what that looks like now for that to become not just a reality for my life, yes. but how do I bring mm. that to the church, to the body? Because I believe that the encounter that displaces the fear of man is what's needed for this generation. Mm -hmm. Amen. <laughs> now, I love about what you've just shared there, because I think sometimes when we feel like the Lord addresses an issue in our life, we can go, all right, so what do I have to do? I have to do this, 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 and this. And there were things you described that you did, but yeah. you also received the invitation for the Holy Spirit to come and completely take you over and for him to do really what only he could do, right? Yeah. Yeah, so beautiful. You know, it was a very significant moment for us last year, Haley, when Pastor Ben Fitzgerald was here and he really went after fear of man. And that, I would say, was the major catalyst for what the Lord is doing in our lives right now and something that we're trying to remain very mindful of so we know that you are here for a purpose and to bring the authority of that testimony you've just shared. We're so pleased that you're here. So grateful to God. Thank you. So I want to talk to you for a moment about the role of spiritual mothers in the prophetic community. As a spiritual mum, what do you see your role as within prophetic and church family? And do you think that differs at all from spiritual fathers? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think especially in this day and age, mm -hmm. we, we're kind of trying to see humanity as sameness. Right. And yes. um, it was really clear in Genesis, God looks at man Mm -hmm. And he says it's not good. He literally parades all the animals in front of man <laughs> to see what could be a perfect fit for companionship because yes. man is longing for companionship. Mm -hmm. And really, I think in the context of, I mean, this is a much bigger theological discussion of God calling us image bearers in, mm -hmm. I think it's Genesis 1, mm -hmm. 18, 127, I think it's 2, 18, where mm -hmm. he breathes. And that's another part of being the image of God. But there's this in the context of it's about being fruitful, multiplying, subduing the earth, mm -hmm. God's kind of trying to create a helpmate for Adam mm -hmm. to fulfill the commission of revealing the nature of God's glory mm -hmm. through how he steward the earth. Mm -hmm. And no animal fits that bill. <laughs> and God says, I'm going to make one, a woman, and he uses the word, it's Ezra Konegdo. Mm -hmm. And Ezer is a helpmate, mm -hmm. but that word help is more used for the for who God is as to right. the Israelites. So it's wow. always in a wartime where God comes as a rescuer, as a salvation in war, in battle. Wow. And God says, I'm going to make this woman, an Ezra, uh, a woman who comes in the face of battle, mm -hmm. who becomes someone that stands alongside a man and brings strength and rescue. Mm -hmm. um, and Konegdo is opposite. Yes. So that word is actually wow. a rescue, a help. And I mean, not that we're not powerless men. I just mean that there's things that women bring yes. that is counter to how God made man, but it brings a, a help yes. that lifts him up, that, mm -hmm. um, that forward, like forces him forward, pushes him forward into mm -hmm. his call in the face of hardship and struggle. And so it would be crazy to think men and women are the same. Yes. If God says that he made an, uh, one that is corresponding, that mm -hmm. is opposite to. But I also don't want to fully say, I think there's like a crossover. You know, yes. I think like uh, there is the image of God probably in this like concentric circle in the middle. And then you have the difference in men and women on the outside. And I think that um, the difference is our perspective. I think mm -hmm. the difference is how we meet needs. Mm -hmm. Even in my family, I watch my husband. Uh, he is he is 
encouraging my children to take risks. Mm -hmm. He's less concerned about my boys climbing high where I'm like, ooh, is this okay? <laughs> you know, he's throwing them in the air after dinner and I'm like, babe, they've just eaten. Like yes. they could they could throw up on you. And like fathers are there to mm -hmm. increase, I feel like increase taking on land and yes. taking risks. Yes. Fathers, I feel like almost have an aerial view on down. So they're looking from top down where I think mothers stand in the center of a family. Yes. And they are thinking of emotional needs. They're mm -hmm. thinking of what are my kids needing to support them, to uphold them. Mm -hmm. And so I think as a prophetic mother, my, I mean, just intuition as a woman mm -hmm. is different to, mm -hmm. I feel like, and I'm generalizing, men think uh, logic into emotion. Mm -hmm. I think women often feel emotion and it goes into their logic. Mm -hmm. So as a prophetic mother, um, I'm there to comfort Yes. I'm also there to see gaps and figure out how do we fill them? How do we in, how do we enhance strength and cover weakness? Mm -hmm. Whereas I think fathers are thinking, how do we push forward into yes. vision, into call? And yes. so I think it's a really necessary thing to have both mothers and fathers. Yes. yes. But as a prophetic mother, I tend to have a little bit more bandwidth for emotional process. Yeah. <laughs> I tend to have a little bit more insight into mm -hmm. the root of a behavior. I feel like fathers often dress behavior. This is the appropriate behavior. This is not. I think it's really necessary to have that. Mm -hmm. And then mothers bring the empathy of this is why. Mm -hmm. And together we help move a child forward or a spiritual child yes. forward into this is how to obtain your future. We're going to heal the brokenness, but we're mm -hmm. also going to give you vision yes. for where you need to go. And so yes. that's how I would say I, I see it. I definitely, you know, it's really interesting, and I think we're navigating this a little bit with our female leaders, is I think women have a different tax in ministry. Yes. I think we carry emotional load mm -hmm. in our bodies, mm -hmm. and I've had to learn sometimes to discern what is my responsibility and what is God's. I notice our, our fathers have this ability to not take on the weight in the so same true. way. Mm -hmm. And I think for, especially for prophetic mothers, we have to learn, we're discerning all of these things that are going on. What is my responsibility and what is on God? Yes. And um, I even had to discover this with my own children. Mm. You know, your own kids, my, my middle has a disability. Mm -hmm. She was born with Down syndrome. And I remember navigating that with the Lord, like feeling overwhelmed mm -hmm. by all the things that she was going to need me to be. Yes. And the Lord in that moment cut it down and refined. He said, she only needs a mother. Wow. You're not her doctor. You're not her physical wow, therapist. You're not her speech therapist. Wow. You are her mother. And he said to me, Haley, what is a mother? Wow. I said, mothers enhance strength and they develop mm. weakness. Wow. And I knew in that moment that I had to let go of the pressure that society would put on for what typical children are mm -hmm. and allow the Lord to bring the right people into her life. And my job was to advocate, to love unconditionally mm -hmm. and to be present to the needs of my daughter, but not wow. fulfill all of them. Mm. And that really taught me a lot about leading in the church that my job isn't to be everybody's psychologist, everybody's <laughs> inner healing minister. Yep. As, a, as a mother, I come as a resource to help my people get what they need but I'm not everything that they're going to need. Yes, that is so profound. You know, I think at a season last year where I found myself saying, oh, I've got so many people coming to me with their problems. Or I could hear it in my language yeah, totally. that it's a privilege, but I could hear myself burdened by it. And the Holy Spirit really addressed me. It's like, that's because you give away every insight I give you about people. 
everything I show you about people, you go and you prophesy over them and you talk to them about it. And then on the flip side, when they want to come to you, you're like, oh, I'm so burdened, I'm so burdened. He's like, some things are just for prayer. And that's um, a mother heart in its weak form is not knowing when to speak and when to hold that in your heart, like Mary treasured some things in her heart. I also think of Jesus when he was approaching Jerusalem and he weeps and he says, oh, how I wish I could gather you. Like a mother hen gathers her chicks. So when you talk about a father's like, where are we we going and how quickly can we get there? The mother's like, who can we take with us? Is everybody with us? Is everybody here and is everybody feeling okay? Yeah, and I do think obviously, Mothers can also have vision yes. and fathers can also gather. I would yes. say it's what's kind of the first thought. Yes, good. I think a lot for men have a first thought and women have a first thought. And sometimes our second thoughts is the other one's first thought. Yes, good. But I think that yeah. when, and I think by the grace of God, we can operate if we don't have that counterpart or that spouse. We right. can, God will give us the grace right. to be all of those things. But mm. I think it also, we don't want, we don't need to be everything. No. But I do think, you know, as a as a mom and a minister, I always have to remind myself, I'm a shepherd, not a vet. Good. And sometimes even my prophetic insight, Good. your prophetic gift can operate sometimes outside of anointing. Yes. The gifts of God are irrevocable. You know, I think it's Romans 11, 29. Mm-hmm. You can, when, before I even knew what the prophetic was, as a young girl in a Methodist church, I was getting so much discernment mm-hmm. and download about people, but I didn't know what it was. I thought yes. it was just how my brain worked. Yeah. But mm-hmm. actually, it's actually through intimacy and in the anointing, yes. and the anointing is a yes. person, it's the yes. Holy Spirit, that we discern what am I just, what is just information mm-hmm. and what is actually a tool that I now need to right. utilize. And I think separating, the other thing is as prophetic people, we can discern what people want and I get really nervous about that in the prophetic sometimes because you can prophesy. I can actually discern desire. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference between the spirit of prophecy and discerning people's desires. Kylie, that's so good. And I'm like, sometimes we can just prophesy desire, but there's actually no anointing because yes. it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. Mm-hmm. It is the anointing that makes mountains flat mm-hmm. and, and sorry, mountains flat, yes, and valleys high. It raises mm-hmm. them up. But Sometimes there's a temptation right now, especially in society, where people view hardship as bad. Yes. When sometimes actually hardship produces perseverance mm-hmm. and perseverance, mm-hmm. proven faith, mm-hmm. proven faith, hope that's never mm-hmm. disappointed. And sometimes we're prophesying the dessert of the meal constantly, and we're feeding our church this kind of sickly, sweet uh, stadiums and houses and your dreams coming true, like God's a genie that's going to just make our lives this mm-hmm. utopian, comfortable thing where God is not looking to give us uh, mansions and stadiums as first and foremost. He's looking to build Christ in us. Come on. And the prophetic, the number one role of the prophetic, and I mean, we can all mm-hmm. the- theology around that. You can just go look at F- 1 Corinthians 12, 13, mm-hmm. 14. The context of that is to build the church yes. so that she is strong and ready for Jesus to yes. return. And um, my concern sometimes is that in the prophetic, not just that I'm taking burdens, but then I'm also feeling pressure to deliver the message people want to hear instead of the message that is going to build Christ in them. I'm not talking about like an old covenant, mm-hmm. like we're calling our people sin and being, no. you know, I'm talking about what is building people. You know, yes. the other day, for, this is probably a good example. 
I had a sense of a breakthrough mm-hmm. that was coming for this couple. I could, I could see this apostolic and prophetic grace on this couple and I could see what they were going to do. And I had the immediate thought was, but they're going into a three-year period of development. Wow. And uh, I felt, I knew it was the word of the Lord. And I shared, but you're going to go through three years mm-hmm. and there will be frustration mm-hmm. in that and there'll be challenge, but it's all to grow the muscle so that you can uphold mm-hmm. the ministry God is wanting to place on your shoulders. And um, it, I wasn't calling out sin or you know doing mm-hmm. any old covenant stuff, but I was preparing them, yes. hey, for three years, you are gonna be grown. Mm-hmm. Before God gives you a, mm-hmm. this ministry, he's gonna grow you. And yes. I think that's part of the prophetic or addressing weak places. Absolutely. Um, Especially because that 1 Corinthians 14, three, the upbuilding, oikodeme, building the structure of something, like when you build a house, you're there building expectation and framework before it's complete and before they can inhabit that room or that new space on their life. I am such a fan (laughs) of what you are saying right now. And what I love about it is this is why prophets must address fear of man, must allow the Lord to address fear of man in them, because otherwise we are going to tend towards only ever delivering the words that draw people to us and not to God or keep everybody happy. And I think in an individualistic, consumerist society that has at times crept into the church, prophecy can at times begin to reflect that more than it reflects what's actually on God's heart for prophecy within the church. Have you seen that? Oh, I mean, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, you're looking at a culture, it's called linguistic theft. They're stealing (laughs) words. Wow that have been defined for centuries and they're changing meanings. Words like love, tolerance, hate. Uh, The word tolerance is a word that says that I can tolerate multiple opinions and stay connected, stay (laughs) open. We've turned tolerance into if you don't tolerate, if you don't agree with me, you don't tolerate me. Wow. And uh, the word love, love means to, love in the Bible is defined as it actually believes all things, hopes all things, but it also tells the truth. Yes. It's like love bears all things and tells the truth. Yes. And the truth in love is a truth that builds a person into the fullness yes. that they were created yes. for. Now, fullness is not following my desire. Fullness is following how I was designed. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the world is named fullness as follow your desire. And yes. God says fullness is following my design. Yes. I could be married and I could desire, mm-hmm. and this is not, but I could desire somebody else. Mm-hmm. It's actually not though my design. And yes. I will destroy my marriage mm-hmm. and my family by following fullness of desire. Mm-hmm. If I follow fullness of design in consecrating myself to one person, I will actually experience a love connection with my spouse that would supersede multiple connections of yes. following desire. And you see this now, you know, intolerance, like we shouldn't prophesy things that people aren't going to like, because mm-hmm. if people don't like it, that means that we aren't, we aren't loving them. Yes. But love, my children like McDonald's chicken nuggets, but loving them is saying, mm, you have to eat fruit. You can't have, you can't eat McDonald's your whole life. I don't hate my children because I'm not giving into their every desire. I actually love my children yes. and I have a vision for their life. You talk about prophetic mothers and fathers. Hebrews 12 says that the discipline of the Lord leads to a fruit of peaceful righteousness. Mm-hmm. I don't discipline my children because I want them to look good. I'm looking at their future. Mothers and yes. fathers see a future that their children cannot see. 
my eight-year-old son, I see a husband, I see a father, I see a minister of the gospel. So telling a lie, it's not just about lies wrong, it's actually that will cripple your connection in your marriage. It will cripple your ministry. It will cripple your parenting. Mm -hmm. So I adjust you, why? Because I want to see peaceful righteousness in your life. Yes. And the prophetic is to bring the fruit of peaceful righteousness Mm -hmm. and to build the church to look like a pure and spotless bride. Mm -hmm. And um, that's who Jesus is coming back for. Mm -hmm. And so I don't do it lightly. I don't like people not liking me, just Mm -hmm. so you know, no matter how much freedom I get from the fear of man. Mm -hmm. No human goes, oh, I'm excited about conflict. (laughs) No human that loves people is like, I'm excited about people really not liking me. But ultimately my vision isn't to build a life where people go, Haley Braun, yes, I really right. just like everything she says. Yep. No, my goal is to build a bride yes, yes. that is ready mm-hmm. for a groom that is holy. Yes, and mature. Yes. And Ephesians 4, 4 talks yeah. about it's a sign of maturity to be able to speak the truth in love. And if we apply that to the prophetic, prophetic remains immature if we can't speak the truth in love. Okay, get up and run around your room. I am on <laughs> fire right now, Haley. This is so, so good. So speaking now of our younger prophetic generations, let's talk about maybe Gen Z or Gen Z and our Alpha Gen. What do you see for them? What do you think the Lord is saying to those generations in this season? Yes, that's a super exciting question. Mm-hmm. Funny, I my I had my son design some T-shirts for a fundraiser. He's <laughs> just turned eight. And um his name means fire. Aiden, his name's Aiden, he means fire and filled with the Spirit of God. And uh, he designed this shirt, this shirt with his face on it. It says, a generation on fire for Jesus. <laughs> but that came from an encounter that I had where I was concerned for my children. Just to mm-hmm. be 100% honest, I was just going, God, my, I, this world that my children are growing up in is not the world I grew up in. Right. We've got social media. We have so many voices. We have such confusion in design. Mm-hmm. We are we are sacrificing the design of God for yes. our passion. Yes. And... Um, I was like, what kind of life are my children going to have? How are they going to serve you? And the Lord said to me, Haley, you said yes to me. And then your yes was tested in the fire. So I gave my heart to Jesus when I was three. I remember setting myself apart at 12, had an incredible experience with the Lord at 12. And then my teenage years happened. Mm -hmm. But I had already had an established yes to the Lord. And then in my teenage years, I stayed true to the Lord and the fire refined my yes, mm. and I came out stronger in my young adult years. But the Lord said to me, Haley, your children will say yes in the fire. Wow. And he said, like Shadrach, Meshach, mm. and Abednego, this generation will know the fourth man in the fire. Wow. And for me, I began to realize in the midst of fire, they will have a tested yes from the get-go. And he said to me, Gen Z and Gen Alpha are gonna come out with a yes so strong they're not going to be like waves tossed back and forth in the mm-hmm. ocean. And I, I think that they will become John the Baptists of their generation who will be speaking of the coming of a king um, with, I think they'll be grounded in scripture. I think that's some, that is something that is on us in this season. Us as ministers of the gospel is to be grounded in the word of God, yes. not in, I love encounters. I've just shared yes. about an encounter, but Jesus has an encounter in Matthew 3. With the clouds yes. open, God speaks, a dove rests on his mm-hmm. shoulder. He says, this is my son. In Matthew 4, at the end of 40 days of fasting, the enemy comes and says, if you are the son of God, he tests the encounter. Mm-hmm. And Jesus doesn't respond with the experience, but he responds with That's the word. Yeah. And I think that that is necessary for us 
as teachers and preachers is to be is to teach the word because I don't think this generation is going to read as much. Yes. Yes. And uh, we're going to have to figure out how to communicate the word that it understands context, it understands what God is saying, and it lays a foundation. But I think mm-hmm. they will have an understanding of the word that we maybe weren't given, but we're going to mine out to hand back. Yes. A, I think a refreshed, a, a, like an awakening, a, a word that is living and active. Yes. I think that's what I'm thinking. Like this like word that is alive, Hebrews 4.12, mm-hmm. living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. It's not just doctrine, mm-hmm. but it carries power. Yes, so. yes. I love this. So we were recently talking with a professor from a Bible college here in Melbourne who was saying he was teaching New Testament. He asked his students who are mostly made up of Alpha and Gen Z, probably Gen Z mostly, turn to the book of Acts and they had hard copy Bibles and they couldn't find Acts because they're so used to accessing everything digital. And so he was just sharing his burden for biblical literacy of just holding a Bible in your hand and knowing how to even flick to a certain book, things we would have taken for granted growing up. You'll notice here at NUMA this weekend, we're like, carry your 66 pack, that everybody's opening their Bibles because it's something we're really trying to encourage the generations to be so grounded in God's word because we don't want a form of godliness that denies power in these end times, right? We want both. And I am so with you. My heart burns for these generations. There's a lot of things being declared over them right now, but I'm telling you, they are going to rocket the gospel forth in ways we can't even imagine. Amended brains and all, according to the stats. Yeah, Roman says that we're we're sin abounds even more so, grace abounds. So if we are prophesying a challenge for this generation, Mm -hmm. we we are actually prophesying an increase of grace. Come on. God shows up with more of himself. That's right. In the very area the enemy is attacking. So if the enemy is attacking identity, God, to think that God doesn't have a strategy that's right. To bring the message of his identity to a generation that it's under assault is a crazy thing because right. he is the name above every name. Yes. He is seated above every power, every principality. He rests his feet on, on this earth. And I'm like, he, he has got a plan to mobilize and catalyze a generation that understands their identity in Christ yes. in a greater measure than our generation did because that is where the enemy is going. Yes. And God doesn't hand us a tool. He hands us himself. That's right. Every place that we have need, he comes to fill us with himself. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I feel like, well, people can say whatever they want about this generation, yeah. but I have a God who sits above every name mm-hmm. and he has a plan to make himself known in a way that will meet the need of this generation and fill them with the fullness of who he is. Oh, I was talking recently to a, a young um, young adult from our church who's just finished a psychology degree, psychology and linguistics together. Wow. I'm like, if the Lord could put together a combination right now, psychology and linguistics, yes. I'm like, mate, we need you to dominate in this space to get Holy Spirit download. Yes. Most of the students who weren't even saved at the end of his course didn't know if they wanted to practice because of how many boundaries are being put around them to even deny science to be politically correct. So he was kind of questioning, should I be even going into this field? I'm like, we need you to, we need you to. Absolutely. So the more mothers and fathers that speak this way of like, the Lord wired that brain, he knit that together. He could do whatever he wants, right? Amen. Come on. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about breaking free of fear of man, but are there any other lies that you feel are really essential that have been broken through in your life or the Lord's corrected in your life that have really helped you to operate prophetically? 
Yeah, I mean, I think all those lies get intertwined, right? Mm -hmm. And the enemy uses a measure of truth. Yeah. Really, that's how he hooks us. So this measure of truth of uh, right. if God's really called you to influence a generation, then people need to like you. Mm -hmm. If God's really called you to lead, well, then mm. you've got to be leading people, right? So you've got to figure out what they want. So it's, it actually sounds quite noble, yes. the fear of man. It sounds, you know, wisdom and fear uh, are quite close together, but one is motivated by the Lord and one is motivated by the enemy. Wow. And uh, I actually think one thing we're going to see radically come in, into the church, I think it already is, is the fear of the Lord. Mm. The word holiness. Yes. We're going we're gonna to hear the word holiness and the fear of the Lord preached from pulpits more than we have in the last 10 years. <laughs> um, and it's uh, holiness is going to be a call to to the church mm -hmm. to set themselves apart, uh, mm -hmm. and we're going to start we're going to start trading relevance for reverence, mm -hmm. and we're going to see how it's going to really make us truly re relevant to the world. But I would say it's so in the fear of man, it's all kind of I think it's the, the feeling of not being enough or being too much. Um, I think insecurity. I think this is just the human yes. human condition, right? But God, I just want to say this. I say, as much as I say the human condition, God fills people with his glory. Yes. The revelation of the glory of Jesus, Christ in, in us, the hope of glory. God does not separate our human flesh mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. his infilling. Mm -hmm. He actually wants your humanity and he mm -hmm. wants to transform your humanity mm -hmm. into its perfect design. Mm -hmm. And so I don't feel ashamed of my humanity. Mm. I actually don't even, even if I feel insecurity or um, intimidation speak to me, instead of feeling shame, shame paralyzes you. It's the paralytic spirit. Mm -hmm. It causes you to feel like you're in the world, but you cannot be active. Right. I go, God, this is a place for you to fill. This is a mm -hmm. place for you to meet me. So I would say that feeling of I'm afraid of being too much. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm not enough. That, that not enough thing, we just got to remember that we serve a God of multiplication, not yes. addition. Yes. God says one of us can put a thousand to flight, two mm -hmm. of us 10,000. Mm -hmm. The boy with five loaves and two fish, he brought his lunch and God fed a multitude. Mm. We don't, doesn't matter what you start with. A lot of people are like, well, I, I'm not extroverted or I'm mm -hmm. not spiritual enough or I'm not, I, I don't talk well. That's what Moses says. Mm -hmm. I, I can't speak well. Gideon's like, I'm the least of the least of the least. Mm -hmm. God's response to that is no problem mm -hmm. because when you take you and you add me, it equals a billion. <laughs> Your one is really one, mm. but you add me and now you have 990 million, you know, mm -hmm. 99,000, whatever. Like I'm like, you have exponential increase with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I think the more we can realize that the Spirit of God has been made available to all believers, not just to have a moment on a Sunday at the mm -hmm. altar, not just to have a moment when someone lays hands, but to walk with us daily and to fill us with the yeah. fullness of Himself, what we lack really doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And it's actually, this is maybe, I don't mean to be harsh, but it, I do believe it's true. It's actually our pride yes. to think that I could get in the way mm -hmm. of the power of God being made wow. manifest mm -hmm. to reveal His glory. Mm -hmm. And that for me was a real wake up in my encounter, realizing for so long I've been striving and mm -hmm. trying to be righteous, to be good, to be everything God needs me to be when all along He was looking for a surrendered low place. I, I couldn't overcome the fear of man in my life. Yes, I had tried. Yes. For 20-something years I had tried my best and was at the end of my rope 
that his power was made perfect yeah. in the midst of the place I was most weak. Beautiful. And he met me there. And I think we need to stop looking at our weakness as mm. a stumbling block and start yes. looking at our weakness as a resting place for the power of God. Mm-hmm. You are preaching. <laughs> And I'm smiling because you're saying exact phrases we've been talking about lately about holiness. And so it's so good because the Lord is just speaking so strong. You know, Hayley, it would be such a privilege for us if you could pray for us, pray for our nation. Anything you feel like the Lord is saying, you take as long as you like. We just want to receive. Thank you. It's it's really been so amazing. Uh, You guys have a real treat in who Stacey is and you have a real gift. You know, when you say like, it's, I'm saying what you're saying, I'm like, it's because you're preaching the gospel. Hmm. And it's a, it's a privilege to have a prophet that is hungering for one thing, and that is to carry the message of the gospel, which is a gospel of salvation, of restoration, hmm. but also one of power. Hmm. That has called us to walk set apart and carry his power. And I really feel for you guys to buckle up in this season. I say, get ready. Or, I mean, don't buckle up, put your hands up in the air and take the ride. But I feel like uh, the Lord is about to even anoint this house. And Stacey, I see this increasing on increase on your life where the Lord is about to expand your capacity to begin to speak and prophesy into a shift into this nation and into the South Pacific. And um, I even see an extension of the prophetic mantle, this apostolic grace to establish Um, Your prophetic words will have a grace to establish. And God, I pray for every listener, every believer that is partaking in this right now. And God, I pray, Lord, that there would be a release of a prophetic and an apostolic grace Mm. to have words that are accurate and sharp, that cut through and between the mire and touch the heart of the situation to establish your kingdom. Mm. And God, I pray that the the awareness of our need for the Holy Spirit would begin to permeate the hearts and minds of believers. Lord, I speak right now in Jesus' name an awakening of every spirit and heart that is listening to awaken to our need for you. And I break the lie that need is weakness. And I awaken in you the reality that need is maturity in the kingdom. The more we need, the more we recognize the greatness of God. And God, I pray for encounters, Holy Spirit. I pray that you would awaken us to the value of Jesus, to the beauty and the majesty of who he is Mm -hmm. and to the power of the gospel. The gospel isn't just something preached when we are saved. The gospel is what we preach to advance the kingdom because the gospel restores us. Yes, but it also, it fills us and it enables us to walk a life of power filled with the spirit. Mm -hmm. So, Lord, I pray, God, for every Gen Z, every Gen Alpha, Mm -hmm. that they would come to know the fourth man in the fire, that in the midst of question, in the midst of challenge, they would stand firm like Shadrach, Meshach Mm -hmm. and Abednego, clinging to the hand of the one who stands in the hottest fire and they won't even smell like smoke. Mm -hmm. Lord, I thank you. And I just release my testimony right now Mm -hmm. as a young woman who gave my heart to Jesus when I was three. I never departed from the Lord. I lived a life of purity because God kept me. And I feel like some people that are watching right now, you're young and uh, you wonder if you need a testimony, if you need to try the world to see if you have a testimony. And I want to tell you, the Lord is raising up a generation whose testimony will be, I have known the Lord all the days of my life and He has proved 
faithful. And for those of you that have had experiences in the world, I bless the word of your testimony to pull people out of the pig pen mm -hmm. and bring them to the Father that runs out to meet them. God, I thank you. I thank you for Australia. I thank you for New Zealand. I thank you for the South Pacific Islands. Lord, I thank you for a great awakening. There is a shaking that mm -hmm. is coming that is already started in this nation. This, this church and this house is a catalytic force to what the Lord is doing because they have said yes to one thing and that is your presence. God, I pray that you would shake all that is shakable to establish that which is unshakable. And I see that uh, there's going to be, I feel like there will be a political shaking that is coming <laughs> to this nation. And in this shaking, the church is going to arise, not with discrimination, not with, uh, I feel like that, like I told you so, mm. but with hearts that are full mm. of grace mm -hmm. and vision, it will be a powerful church, not a powerless church, mm -hmm. who will come to bring restoration, to set the captives free, and to establish the love and the power of the gospel. Mm -hmm. So we bless you in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. 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 Hayley, thank you. Guys, this has been such a treat, hasn't it? How blessed are we? Hayley, thank you for who you are. Thank you Your so history much for with having the Lord, me. all that you carry. We just love you. And I don't think, I mean, I'm sure that it's not something you sit and dwell on, but the impact you've had on so many lives who will be watching today, mine included, and on our nation, we couldn't thank you enough and we honour you before the Lord today. So thank you it's for your privilege. time. <laughs> all right, love you guys. And we'll talk to you very soon.